everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, joined once again by Gooey Fame. Goo, how are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Of course. This oh, is Jesus. a, this is a so nice little sub-series we got going on. Yes, it's been great, actually. Um, I mean, it's it's perfect, actually, because I, I recently watched all the Alien movies, and now I'm, like, revisiting them again. <laughs> and um, I don't know. It's been interesting, especially now that we're getting into the territories of movies that yes. I haven't seen a million times, yes. you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I've i seen Alien so many times. I've seen Aliens enough times where, I like, I could tell you the almost beat by beat that movie. But I had not seen Alien 3 and the next Alien movie, too, by the way. I think I've only watched them once ever in my entire yeah. life. So I was stoked. I honestly... Yeah, I think I only had seen this once, like, recently. And I don't think I've ever seen it, like, at all. Yeah, and, like... So I guess uh, so. We're, we're obviously we're we're doing uh, Alien in review, and today we're going to be talking about Alien Three, which was directed by David Fincher. You know, um, I was trying to think of some other like big time franchises that had like pretty big entries that each were directed by a different like director, and, I, and maybe you could think of some. But I, I you know, obviously Terminator came to mind, but um, I couldn't think of well, a whole that, other like you know series like that. Oh man, I don't know now. Now that I'm just thinking off off the top of my head, I I guess not because Terminator, like I think of as like the first it being like you know two James Cameron movies yeah. and then you know kind of yeah it the other people from there on out. But yeah, these yeah, are yeah, so I, far. I guess, yeah, yeah. I, you could say with certain franchises, there there have been some with standouts. But I guess what's interesting about Alien is like these three are like really noteworthy like revered directors you know the first three movies here yeah and, and actually even the director of the four i don't want to talk too much about alien resurrection but the director of that movie also made um what the heck is that movie called uh, amelie 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 yeah which is like a, a cult classic so like got some some pretty good talent behind you but yeah so david fincher very prolific director uh, I really like David Fincher's movies, actually, like, a lot. Um, mm. I'm a big Fight Club fan. I'm a big Benjamin Button fan. I like The Social Network. Uh, there's probably tons more that he's done that I'm just, you know, not thinking of off the top of my head. But I really right. like him. So it's it's kind of, like, cool to come back and see this movie and, um, you know, revisit some of the, you know, some of, the, some of like, the early formations. Like, there, there was some stuff in there. Where I was just like, oh, like that feels like very David Fincher to me, uh, which I I really love. So yeah, I'm I'm very excited to get talking about Alien Three. Um, I this is actually like one of my favorite subseries that we do on the show, this Alien in Review, kind of because it feels feels like an extension of Virtual Theater, which by yes. the way is a podcast about yes, video game movies and the stories that shape them. And uh, so I I know I know that we have our own Patreon on Omega Metroid, but I do want to plug really really quickly, okay. If you got a singular dollar to spare, uh, we got a we got a Patreon over on Virtual Theater, and like there is like a, an absurd amount of bonus shows that are over there, like bonus shows about random movies, random like stuff that we like, but also there's like series where we reviewed every episode of the Zelda cartoon, every episode of Captain N, 
And maybe, Goo, you can uh, enlighten all of our Omega Metroid listeners about <laughs> what's next. Well, we just launched last week our new series called Banana Slamma, <laughs> which is uh, we're watching through the Donkey Kong Country cartoon show yes. uh, that many people may recall. And uh, yeah, it's it's up there. It's for a dollar, and it's been we've just done the first episode. But <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> it's I, really I came fun. into this immediately before recording this podcast. Before Goo jumped in, I was we're recording an ad for Banana Slammer, and uh, I was I was kind of tickled <laughs> trying to do my best cranky Kong voice. So I entered this podcast like in a good mood, ready to go. Um, we're voice actors now. Yeah, and good ones too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should be getting paid uh, $4,000 a session. Um, anyways, so yeah. So we're going to do, uh, we're going to dive deep into Alien 3 and um, and talk about all the things about this movie. I, I think that one thing that perhaps we could mention, I didn't, I didn't really delve into this a lot, but like one thing about this movie that I think is, maybe like the the predominant thing that people talk about is it had a very, very troubled production and, and I didn't really research a ton into it, but I I know that it went through a lot of directors. They built sets, like spent a lot of money building sets for stuff that was like rewritten out of the scripts. They were kind of like trying to like re rewrite the script to include the stuff that they already built, even if it didn't necessarily fit the whole production sounded like a complete mess. And actually to this day, I don't think that David Fincher really acknowledges this movie. He kind of like washed his hands of it and, and said like, mm-hmm. you know, see ya. Yeah. I mean, and it kind of, it kind of shows a little bit like there, it, there's definitely a lot of like imperfections and, and like a little flaws in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, with David Fincher, it, that's what makes it interesting is cause you, you mentioned like you see his style in the movie for sure. Like it does really feel a lot of times like, one of his movies it's his first feature length film uh after being pretty well renowned you know director of music videos and stuff but mm-hmm. you can see his dna but you also kind of see you like there's stuff that just shows like that oh this is kind of half baked a little bit and uh, i think it's worth noting that we watched like the assembly cut yes that was my next is, point oh, okay yeah basically what that is it's like it's not a director's cut, but it's closer to his original vision. So it's it's a little bit longer. Uh, yeah. Think of it along the like... lines of like Zack Snyder's Justice League. So there was yeah. like Justice League. There was, I haven't actually seen Zack Snyder's Justice League. I saw the first one. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you got to see it. It's cool. <laughs> this is a little different in that they he came back and like they spent a bunch of money and finished it. Yeah. Whereas this is them trying to like cobble together something that resembles it so that that definitely comes across in the movie that it's like it's oh this is a little uh all over the place yes uh, a little slap together um but then from what i just what i'm imagining because i've i've never actually seen the theatrical version i'm thinking but yeah i don't remember it at all it's like much shorter it's it's like over a half an hour shorter and it and there was a lot of stuff they cut yeah and i can definitely see if you've seen that it feeling like what, what is this movie? You know what I mean? Like some of the stuff they cut feels like it fleshes things out a lot more. Uh, I agree. Yeah. I can see how it gets its sort of reputation. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, like I, I agree. So yeah, very important to note that if you are familiar with Alien Three, we're we're reviewing the assembly cut, so not the theatrical release. And there is actually like some like significant plot differences, and it's not just like an extended cut with like deleted scenes. Like there's different stuff that happened. Like for example, mm-hmm. the xenomorph in the in the in the theatrical version comes out of a dog. Whereas in, in this version, it comes out of an ox. And I tried to write down some some changes that I thought might be confusing, but there's probably a bunch that I didn't get to. But yeah, so so we did do this version, and I will say there were some scenes that I can understand why they were maybe chopped out, even if I actually like quite liked them. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about them as, as we get to that. But yeah, I do think it's very important to, um, to note that it, this is the assembly cut. So if you're like listening to us review this movie you're like what the hell are these guys talking about that is what uh we're doing here so i guess the the very first thing that i noticed like i guess i should say the very first thing but one of my main takeaways after this movie was over and i figure we'll start here just to kind of get it out of the way but i think that you could absolutely watch alien and you could watch aliens and you could say like that was, you know, there was a lot of elements from these movies that the Metroid series took and worked into the, its mythos and worked those themes into their games. And I don't know that you could really say a whole lot of, or I don't know that you could say the same about Alien 3. Like, I, I watched this movie and there's like, there are some elements where I think that it kind of is sort of like Metroid a little bit, but but more so just kind of like they happen to be sharing the same ideas rather than like metroid saw that was like that's a great idea or that's a great theme or a great something that we can build upon i know you're you're actually like not a seasoned metroid player let's just say but to me that was one of my main takeaways um save for a couple points which i'll point out as we get to in this movie yeah that makes sense to me because the first two are iconic probably so much more inspirational yeah to a lot of people whereas this one's kind of a it's got a mixed bag response. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that is just to say, I mean, plus two, like if this comes out, what, 92, 93 or something like that. So, yeah, we we already have kind of like the foundation for, for Metroid at this point. Metroid's already there, yeah. Yeah. So that is to say that I think it's probably fair to say to our listeners, from this point forward, Alien in Review is really going to be about Alien in Review versus alien and how it inspired metroid i think that's probably a fair mm-hmm. point to make and, and you know to, to anybody that i you know i i've never met a metroid fan that doesn't really like alien but i don't know just just throwing that out there for everybody so this is really where it starts to become alien instead of like alien and metroid in the same kind of vein so wanted to throw that out there before we kind of really get going here on this movie um so yeah there we go okay so we're going to talk, obviously, full spoilers. So if you're like Goo and I and you haven't seen this movie in forever, you should watch it and watch the assembly cut because I thought it was really great. But let's start off at the beginning of the movie. One of the most controversial things about this movie um, is that the happy ending of Aliens is completely undone. And Newt and Hicks are killed and they're killed like off screen. And I think that a lot of people were upset. I can understand that. I think that I think it does feel cheap. And I and I've read that some people say like it kind of cheapens the end of aliens and and it it, it kind of gets you off on a I don't know. 
like a, a, a wrong foot or something. And, and I kind of agree with that. Like it is a cheap way to get rid of them. But I think that my my big takeaway from this movie, Goo, and I don't know if you agree or not, but like remember when we were doing Aliens and, and I made the comment like, you know, the story of this movie seems like completely logical, like a completely logical follow-up to what would happen in Alien. I think that this movie is going for like the complete opposite of that it's like actively trying to disorientate you and like just keep you uh, like on your toes and it's like it's it's very much more like a horror movie like the first one but in a different like psychological kind of way where it's just like everything that you expect or that makes sense almost feels like nope like it's it it doesn't happen that felt very david fincher like a little bit yeah um i definitely agree like tonally it does feel closer to the original, maybe because it does feel a little bit more horror-y in that. Like, the the original ha- does have a slightly more, I don't want to say, like, slightly cynical tone, like, m- like, more in line with a lot of horror movies. Whereas, yeah, like, the second one, the, s- the second one is a James Cameron movie, which I feel like are always very, like, r- romantic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're they're inspiring and and stuff like that so i think just by i think it actually fits and has its own unique tone and everything and i don't know i i have a hard time like i almost view it as like it's okay like it doesn't matter if you don't like it the second one's like this like this is almost just like Mm -hmm. its own its own movie you know what i mean it the, the the original one's still there and it's still or the second one is still you know mint um and i and that's kind of how i felt about aliens a little bit like okay it's different and it's a different tone but like look it doesn't ruin the first movie if you don't like it so i don't know i don't know i'm I'm okay with it existing (laughs) yeah i like i i i do i do think that it is a little bit it's kind of cheap to have them die off screen but i think that there's a purpose for it like it's not like they do it for no reason and i think that like it just, it feels, like, really devastating because, like, you've grown attached to these characters in the last movie and, like, especially new to, like, 10 years old or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, it, feel, it feels devastating. And, um, but it, it it is for a purpose, like I said. And I think, I think that what this movie wants to do, like, uh, often, often during here, uh, during the course of this film, which uh, there's a couple instances of this, is, like, the word I kept coming back to is, like, it wants you to be disorientated and, and kind of like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Where am I? And and I kind of like that because it's a different kind of vibe than the first two. Like the first one was a very classic horror movie. The second one was was kind of a more action suspense kind of movie. And and this one kind of felt like a like I said earlier, kind of like almost psychological horror. So like different in a way. Um, yeah, it kind of wanted you to feel some of the. Yeah, some of the pain, some of the struggle, and so I think, I don't know, I think it actually like fits with what's going on in the rest of the movie. I I agree with you. Yeah, and and actually, I really really dug the like opening credits. Like I thought that was really oh, well yeah. done, and that was like classic Fincher. Like, um, the way it was like quick cuts of like really crazy stuff happening and like back deep into space and like more quick cuts and like it didn't show you too much, but it showed you like hints of what happened and like i thought that was like really really well done like very cool i i was sitting there like actually mesmerized on my couch 
there's a there's a lot of like cool shots like that throughout the movie i feel like like um, it, really it ratchets up like tension like that yeah and and so this intro by the way was i believe extended in the assembly cut so i i think you got a bit of it in the theatrical version but it does kind of like i said it doesn't spell out what happened uh, on on the ship and to hicks and to newt but it kind of gives you enough where it doesn't feel like as cheap because you do get to see kind of sort of what happened and at least you're not like completely caught off guard so yeah I, yeah i thought it was cool well that's that's i think what's worth pointing out is i feel like the movie's trying to disorient you but like i also feel like you can follow what's happening you know what i mean yeah and it, it sort of actually reminds this this is maybe some people think not a good comparison but it actually sort of reminded me of bvs in that okay like, I saw that in theaters and I was like, what is this? Like, this is kind of stupid. I don't know what's going on. And then I don't know. I watched that, you know, the extended edition of that. And it's like, like they cut out things that like make it make sense a little bit (laughs) from, from it like that, where you can actually follow the story better. And as opposed to like in the original. And I feel like that's probably what's going on here. Like I'm, I'm, I'm imagining seeing, this movie for the first time back when it comes out and like it seems like it's maybe it's got everything in there but i feel like it's probably like just logically probably makes a little bit more sense if you have the added context that they put in there no i I totally agree um so one thing that i noticed uh actually like fairly early on into this movie and i think it was a good thing but I, i think that the visual effects particularly like in space were were much improved and as they should be because it's been eight years since the last movie or whatever but there was a lot of shots of like planets and stuff like that that looked very cool and um there is the xeno itself like the xenomorph itself looked pretty good while not looking like too goofy or like cgi-esque um i thought it was was a nice blend there are certain parts where it it looked it looked like dated a little bit more it did not like some of the some of the xeno stuff looked like i don't know i i felt like it doesn't that's where i was seeing some of the flaws compared to i thought like the camera and effects like feel like very pristine you know mm. what i mean very like uh polished whereas like there was times like this i don't know if it was because it was some of the cuts might have been like not actually in the original movie right you know stuff like that but there there were a couple moments where it was like oh boy <laughs> but it it was it was never like where it was like i can't believe they like released this or anything you know yeah just... there are some moments yeah. where the special effects look horrible like horrible <laughs> yeah. but i like for the most part those the ones that stuck out to me i thought outer space looked very good and yeah, i thought the, that the, like, the, the xenomorph titles. looked good and he moved good because it was kind of like a different yeah. kind of xenomorph as well. Um, all right, so let's kind of let's give you the lowdown of what's happening in this movie here. So Ripley's ship, after escaping, uh, the name of the planet is LV four twenty six, with Hicks and with Newt, is uh, has crashed on this planet, which uh, houses a maximum security prison, and unfortunately, everyone dies except for Ripley. So, um, Ripley finds herself on, uh, Fiorina? 
Is that what, is that how you say it? Uh, yeah, it's something like that. Something I don't like know how that. To pronounce it. Yeah. The planet's name is Fiorna, but everyone calls it Fury, and uh, it's got the prison there, mm-hmm. and um, it's 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 kind of like a cool setting actually, because this part kind of sort of did remind me of a Metroid game in a sense that like there's lots of Metroid games that are like you're confined to like this one specific location, like the BSL in Metroid Fusion or the Bottle Ship in Other M or uh, whatever, right? Like there's lots of instances where I feel like you're trapped in like this labyrinth kind of place and and that was something that did kind of give me metroid vibes but i think that actually the the creepiest thing about this planet is there's like it's not it kind of is a cult but not really it's like all the prisoners (laughs) all the prisoners so there's all it's all male it's like a it's a planet full of males all of them uh with the exception of a couple are prisoners and all of them have turned to religion to kind of well, move on with their lives. It used to be like a full maximum security prison. Yes. And and like Wayland was operating like mining there and then they shut it down and like a small like a dozen prisoners were like, we want to stay behind. And they were like, uh, yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> and so they left them there with like two guards. Um, yeah. So I th- I think that is what made it sl- it probably just made the production of the movie easier. There's less people, but it kind of made it feel even more like it's din like even more dingy because it's just yeah. like a bunch of stragglers who are just here because they've got this weird religion. Um, they also throughout the movie they talk about how like yes it was a maximum security prison, but since it's been abandoned and like this company is not like really looking after these people like nothing functions you know what i mean so not, not even the batteries and... and the flashlight works like nothing works yeah here. <laughs> yeah i love that that was like yeah. that <laughs> like made it next level to me you know <laughs> it was kind of like appropriate because i've you got to think at this point like they're the the film itself is getting no more money because of how much money's been wasted so it's just like hey let's turn it into yes. a, a plot element so i kind of like that actually well, and this actually re- reminded me how, you know, so we were talking about how each one is, like, kind of its own unique thing, that each movie in the trilogy so far. So much so that, like, people might not like certain aspects about the second or the third one. Mm-hmm. But here I was sort of thinking about how, even though there are they're all super distinct, I think they do a good job of continuing, like, themes and elements from each previous movie yeah and i thought this was sort of doing that too because i was thinking back to the first one different setting but you know it's like a group of workers like basically being completely screwed over in space by the company they work for Mm -hmm. and now we're seeing like you know this old disheveled like prison colony you know ran by like the same company essentially and how you know it's just like a kind of peek into like the world like, I, I love how they've handled, like, Earth in Alien so far, of how little we've seen and what we have seen. It's sort of like this, it seems to be like this dystopia, but we don't, you know, we don't fully know everything about it. But I don't know, it feels, it fits in the world of Alien really well, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think, like, I think, like, maybe the logical thing to do after Aliens if you, if you were to ask, like, a random fan, like, what's the logical next step, they would have probably said, like, Ripley goes and confronts Waylon yutani and, like, you know, they're, they're, 
there's a big war or something like that to get rid of him. And I, I kind of did love, like, after it settled, I was like, we're in some random rock on the far corners of the universe, like, who knows where, and, like, yeah, so I do think that, like, it, it definitely feels unique, but I do think that, particularly, like, Ripley and, like, what a great job Scorny Weaver does, and we'll talk more about her later, definitely kind of helps hold it all together with a couple of the themes that run through the series, but, yeah, like, you're right, another good, solid theme running through here is, like, everyone is expendable like the regular person is expendable to the corporation and like some people in this movie refuse to believe it and you know pay big time for it um which has been a a consistent thread in every single movie yes and with these like prisoners and stuff they get to introduce there's like a whole new like thematic uh thing to hang hang its hat on its thematic hat Mm -hmm. I think that the prisoners are, like, kind of creepy in and of itself, too, because I think oh, that yeah. they're, like, very <clears throat> relevant to, like, today in that, mm-hmm. like, and I don't want to get onto like, any kind of soapboxes here about society, but, like, it seems, it's kind of hinted that a lot of these prisoners are there because they have, like, uh, you know, aggression towards women specifically, and, like, um, the, what would you, you would call them well, incels, I guess, in today's vernacular yeah some definitely like that's the main a majority of them vibe they get i yeah. think i think they sort of present that not all of them are there for that but the fact that they've been isolated there right so it has heightened any sort of feelings oh you know, so well, that yeah. so it's just like it's like you've got uh predominant i mean it's all male and like a lot of them had violent tendencies against women and some of them have like legitimately bettered themselves through this religion and some of them haven't but like it is kind of creepy because you introduce this element of like you know part of their quote-unquote recovery is like the complete absence of women from their life so when ripley comes in it's like a complete it 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 it, you know maybe it it kind of is their fault it's kind of not like in a way because that's that's what i think partially like to go into like talking about society a little bit is that i think part of it is that like the the, like rehabilitation is not going to come by making these guys go do slave labor Mm. on some crappy mining planet some somewhere and i think that you know you can kind of look at you know you can make draw comparisons to like you know, the prison system or whatever, you know, like, is that even rehabilitative? And so, you know, sure, some of them, some of them managed to uh, sort of, I, I, I don't know, I think, I think even you can see like the good that that like weird religion has done for them. But I think even in this movie, you can sort of see like, this is not yeah. really, you know, the, locking these guys up and having them start a little cult isn't gonna save anybody it's not gonna help anyone yeah so i i kind of think of it like ripley coming just really kind of exposed the facade and like reverted these guys back to their true nature which i, I feel like is kind of creepy and like kind of yes you know again yeah. like there's lots of scenes in this movie where or actually throughout the series really where like it's it's body horror and like you're uh, specifically ripley or like women in here are getting violated and like in no no more pronounced than in this movie several times so it's yeah very that's creepy. what made it feel closer to the first one because i feel like in the, the second one's a little more tender it's like mom versus mom kind of <laughs> um, yeah kind of whereas this one is more back to like it's like a lot more nihilistic i feel like like um 
and I feel like one the best way that comes across is that like she she is treated as like an intrusion just by like existing there you yes. know what I mean like it wasn't her choice to come and they're like yeah don't don't walk around here you know and <laughs> it's like well could, hold on fella <laughs> you know yeah and like the messed up thing is is like they weren't wrong about Ripley like her being there completely did disrupt the population um but it, it's just it's very I found it very unsettling because it did remind me of like people that exist on like the deep dark corners of the internet today that you know mm. what i mean just like and it was like man like i could see this in a thousand years you know like some prison yeah. out in the andromeda galaxy that houses whatever so yeah that that kind of stuck out to me as, as actually kind of a an extra layer on top of this we have this creepy setting um and we have this you know obviously we we know that we're gonna have a xenomorph on the loose here but i i was as concerned about this cult as i was the alien and i think rightfully so yeah yeah and they got to be uh there was some i liked how the movie handled it there was some like there was some like shades of gray in there a little bit where some of them like you identified with and you were like oh this guy he's like he's trying his best to be a good person or whatever and then some of them were just like the the world's biggest monsters (laughs) you know that's what i mean like i think some of them legitimately bettered themselves through that maybe not this religion but through the scenario or whatever right like they were trying to be better we'll talk about um maybe i would not even say maybe better themselves but maybe they found a way to um make peace with themselves you know what i mean yeah sure like i want to talk (laughs) about the characters in a little bit like i i love dylan he was awesome and yeah uh, yeah he's kind of the ringleader of this group but uh yeah I, i thought he was fantastic but not everyone kind of rose to that and, and some people you know unfortunately just uh reverted back to type um mm. so yeah so we actually and i should mention too so there is a scene where ripley is told that uh, everyone that she traveled with has passed away and there is this unreal autopsy scene where that ripley demands oh, that they cut open Newt because she sees evidence of the xenomorph on her escape pod. There's like the acid or whatever. This was like a very uncomfortable, like intense scene. And I'm really good. I thought it was sad. And she was, yeah, she like, just like the fact that she didn't want to, there was, it did that good. Like you had that psychological element of like, she didn't want to fully reveal like what had happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? You couldn't tell like, is she just freaking out type situation? Cause she did like, she literally just woke up from this whole experience and now she's thrown back into this. So yeah, mm. that was, I always played very well. And again, just very violating uh, to new to, uh, I mean, of course yeah. it's passed on, but, but still like just, it's, it, it felt it was very, it was very intense. And that was the word I, I came back to was just like, man. And then um, actually shout out to, we all know how great Sigourney Weaver is. She's incredible. But I thought that uh, Charles Dancier was doing yes. like oh, yeah. awesome work, and we'll talk this, about we'll talk about him later. But he was he was bringing it. I thought like not. I was thinking like not. We'll get more into the characters I know, but not every character like fully worked for me. But in this beginning part here, where they were like kind of setting up the interplay between right. all these characters and their connections, like I thought it was really strong. Like yeah, yeah, I yeah, I really love like their whole exchange they were having you know like how 
he's suspicious of her you know what i mean it yeah it all worked really well um yeah i loved when he's like well because i'm not a complete idiot and this disease has been gone for 200 years <laughs> yeah yeah cholera or whatever yeah i thought that was great um, well, i was I, thinking like how long was she frozen or whatever yeah i don't know because i i know like even in the first and the second one there's some time gap but i was thinking like did she say cholera because she's been like out of touch so long because that was in the beginning of aliens it was about how she's been gone and yeah her yeah, like daughter 60 years. was like six yeah so okay that makes sense I, when i first watched it, i was like wait <laughs> like is she's freaking out right and no it makes sense like cholera that that'd be a thing she'd guess and i want I, know. you know there's a time jump in the next movie of 200 years so yes <laughs> we'll see spoilers for alien resurrection uh, by the way it's okay. worth mentioning too in the assembly cut i didn't know that this wasn't part of the theatrical cut but there's this incredible scene of them picking her up ripley <laughs> from like the ship and like she's got like this makeup on that makes her look like almost like a bronze statue but and it's supposed to be like ash and and whatever from from the crash it's an awesome shot. It looks yeah. awesome. It looks so good, actually. The autopsy shots were cool, too. They had some of... The, these were reminding me of David Fincher. Like, yeah. Some of the gritty crime movies, and there's, like, the close-ups of the, you know, the bloody thing, and I was like, ooh, Oof. boy. <laughs> you could see... You could feel the style in there. A little um, touch. This next scene was awesome. So, uh, yeah. So, as it turns out, uh, a xenomorph did, in fact cause their their pod to crash but it is not inside newt but rather inside a ginormous ox named babe who passes away oh, and this babe. scene this was so like there's so many awesome, awesome scenes like there's so on one they're intercutting a scene between like dylan the leader of the cult is is holding a funeral for newt and saying how like even in death new life can can begin and at this like they're cutting in shots of like this ox and the the chest burster coming out of the ox and like as he's saying like new life's coming out the the xenomorph hatches and it was like this is wicked this is I, like i was really digging alien 3 at this point this at here i was starting to think about how this is like actually i feel like some of the dna of prometheus and yeah like, kind of the new style because they like n now they've really leaned into some of like the big like questions of existence and religion so like just it's more of like the imagery you know what i mean but like the the androids and the new ones are talking about like the creator and stuff like that yeah and i was like dang this is like you feel that here i feel like they they like they had to have drawn a little bit from like some of this imagery oh, it, it, was it was awesome it game. was an awesome sequence it was like every shot was cool like it just like the the quick cuts i feel like really again disorientating like you it's like you're kind of going back and forth. I I loved it. I this might have been one of my favorite sequences in the movie. Um, and there we I go. I was thinking here too how it was like this is pretty novel again. Like it's back to there's just like one alien, you know? Yeah. Or like there's there's two. This is actually aliens. There's two aliens technically, I guess, in the movie. Yeah, well, because, I guess so. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> technically, but it was like back. It's it's it is more back to basics a little bit you know but in a unique way in a unique way um yeah no i i actually that's a great point that you make like it is they are building up this singular xenomorph and it's important to know too there are no weapons on this 
It's yeah, rock. we find it. It's a prison. Late. Yeah. So there you go. So yeah, we got a yeah. xenomorph on the loose, and you know what that means. It's time for some kills. And uh, I was pretty mm-hmm. impressed with uh, with some of the the early kills in this movie. There's some good ones, yeah. Um. So the second one, so not not the very very first one, but the second one where this Zeno he like completely rips this guy and the other one gets blood like all over his face i was, I was <laughs> yeah. like oh man that is intense um that was awesome yeah <laughs> i want actually i want to talk about something else before we get to this the other one was amazing too but there is a scene maybe maybe i wasn't paying attention you can help me understand goo so there's a scene Try. between uh clemens and andrews andrews is like the guy that run he's the warden basically Clemens is the doctor. And Andrews is saying, like, this Ripley cannot interact with the general population because she's a female and will upset them. And he's not wrong. And then, like, Clemens just lets Ripley go eat lunch with him. I was just like, what happened to not, like, like letting yeah. her... I don't know. Did that? Did I just miss something? Uh, well, th- the way I sort of thought about it was that there isn't... There's not guards there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Like, what are they, you know, I, yeah, I, I guess know. so. I guess they could have held her at gunpoint or whatever, but I, <laughs> I, it seemed, it seemed more of like, yeah, they should try to avoid this, but she, and then she it was, was her like, whatever going like that, you know, and it's like, well, what are they going to do? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So I, I was watching that and I was like, oh, I, I thought we were doing that. And like, this doesn't seem like a good idea, but whatever. If yeah. Ripley can but, handle a yeah. bunch of aliens, then I'm sure she can handle these blokes um i thought that was great when she was like she's like yeah uh i forgot when she talks to the leader guy and he's and he's like you should stay away yeah "Uh, no i'm I'm gonna sit by yeah i'm gonna eat my lunch um all right so here we go the xeno is he's he's in control now so he's rampage he's just starting his rampage and uh, he gets a great kill on clemens who I was very sad to see go actually because I I did like him a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, that's a, he has the like the little thing that comes out of his mouth and it's like explodes his head and it's just like oh my god Damn. yeah that was a really good uh, yeah that was a great one there there was some pretty cool like uh, effects here yes I think these were the two best kills of the movie I have to say the first two and it feel it feels like. It's. I guess we have been talking about it for a while, but like Cle- Clemens at this point has had like this whole character arc. That's that's another thing that where it feels like yeah, less, uh, yeah, you know, uh, not romantic in the in the romance sense, but less romantic in the you know the Camerony way of like yeah, this guy who she's like grown this affection for sort of is like taken out like halfway into the movie. You know what I mean? And and she very quick like. That's the thing about Ripley over the course of these movies is like she doesn't really have time to emotionally process anything because it's just like mm-hmm. I need to stay alive right here right now, um, which is kind of a little bit too bad that they don't explore that a little bit more. They they kind of do an alien, but or aliens rather, but uh, it, it would mm-hmm. be nice or it would be interesting to see like what does this do to a person? And I guess we'll we'll obviously never know, but. Um, one thing well, I th- that I thought was even more intense than that kill was like the scene where the Zeno goes over and sniffs Ripley and like ultimately <laughs> yeah. it spares her. And I think that's like the big part of the movie that everybody remembers is like 
the Zeno getting right up in her face and she's crying. Also, she's got a shaved head, by the way. And it's not because she's in prison. It's because she had lice. Um, but Yes, which I think that's not in the theatrical release. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know if it is or not. I read they cut that line out and I'm like, okay, so in the movie, she just shows up and she's like, I guess I better shave my head. Yeah. I, I just assumed it's because she was in a prison, right? Like well, she wasn't a prisoner. They were just holding on to her till yeah, pick I, her up. You know, like I said, I I mean I I think I watched this when I was like fourteen, so it's been it's been some years. So I just, I was just like, oh yeah, she just out of prison. She's a prisoner. She got her head shaved. That makes sense. I was like, but well, no, it's just like guys. Will make the guys like less randy if she looks <laughs> more like a guy. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think what so. I thought. But then, yeah, then you notice there's that one line about lice, and you're like, ah, lice. Makes sense. I think they do show a lot of lice looks... in the movie. I think, really, it's just, it gives the movie, like, a kind of a cool, unique look, like everyone bald in the movie. <laughs> I, th- I think it's cool. Like, um, visually, I think it's cool. Yeah, so, so yeah, so Ripley is spared, and it's mm-hmm. intense. Very intense. Um, but, yeah, just... So again, I keep coming back to this word, but like the movie is very, it's trying to disorientate you because very quickly you've killed off Clemens, who is kind of like your main support guy and whatever. Like even in the first movie, like the captain uh, Dallas, he made it to like pretty much the end of the movie. And then the second movie, obviously Hicks and, and Newt get out with Ripley in this movie. Clemens is gone right away and then is immediately followed by Andrews, who's the warden, who's like kind of he's kind of like positioned to be like a somewhat antagonist to Ripley in this movie. Or you think he's going to be, but he's just like done. Killed. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like his uh his uh sidekick becomes in charge and like before where he was just like a guy with a couple lines in the background now he's a main character yeah and i i could see how that could be like weird for some people I, I liked it i immediately was like i went from like not really caring too much about him to being like oh like this this guy like what's gonna happen with him like i immediately yeah. got invested in him i thought the actor was really good and it's another part where i you see like maybe sometimes it's just like this is us doing the thing we do in all the movies but like I like this continuing idea of like uh, the struggle to like maintain authority in a situation like this, because in each movie, it's like it always falls apart. And then Ripley always has to like put everything mm-hmm. back together, you know, like she basically has to like take charge. Um, and I don't know, like I thought that was done really well here of like how she like yeah. kind of wrangled like it wasn't even like everyone started working together and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty interesting. It, it definitely reached a point where, and I think that you see this in every alien movie where it's just like, let go of whatever like hierarchy or rules that you thought we had, because everything's changed now with this, the arrival of this alien, it's, it's changed everything. And like, if you want to survive, you have to kind of give that up and work together. Right. And I, and I kind of like that as well. Especially because on top of that, the messages they always are getting from Mother or Waylon yeah. or whatever is clearly like... Acknowledge they don't, request, acknowledge request. They don't care. No. So, like, you need to not listen to authority. I feel like that is, like, the overall message of all these movies. You hear that, kids? 
Uh, <laughs> all right. So the, in this cut, in the assembly cut, there is an extra subplot that is not in the theatrical version. And this, I would dare say, is the bulk of the extra half hour runtime. And it is a plot that involves um, the prisoners trapping the xenomorph, which they do. And um, there's a, a prisoner, and his name is uh, Golik. And he's mm-hmm. kind of... He's not all upstairs, and he sees this xenomorph. Actually, so he sees his two teammates get killed by the xenomorph and goes nuts, as maybe you would expect if you saw that. But then once they have him captured, and they they kind of get this elaborate plot together in order to capture him, um, he, he kind of develops like a god complex with it, where he's, he thinks it's some like deity or something like that, and he's like, I need to see it one more time. And of course, you know the uh, the xenomorph kills him immediately. He lets it out. Yeah. And he lets it out, which is kind of frustrating as a watch as a viewer, because you're just like, Gah, like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Um, and I can understand I they, why they cut it, because they kind of have two similar plots in this movie where they try and wrangle the Xeno into like a, a trap. But I do, th- I I did like that this yes, kind of fleshed yeah. out like Golik and and Dylan and gave gave some of the other prisoners like something to do a little bit more before they just like died. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was an interesting enough character. Like, they do hint early on, like, there's a guy, guys talking, and they're like, I don't want to do this shift with him anymore. Like, they yeah. plant that, like, oh, he's, like, definitely uh, the one to look out for, <laughs> you know, the whole time. Um, so I, I, like, think the character is interesting, but, yeah, I just think as far as, like, how it, how it all went with them trapping them. And I, I, I just thought, too, like, that sequence wasn't really that good like i i was kind of checking out a little bit when they're like it's all a bunch of it's like a lot of the prisoners that i didn't really care about mm. like doing some plot to capture it and i i think that was it's sort of interesting but it just wasn't really portrayed that well and that's where it stood out where i was thinking of like some of the exciting sequences of aliens and i'm like this right. doesn't hold a candle to that i felt like it was better when it was when like it was more character driven and like horror driven and like this wasn't trying to be like a big action set piece but it it wasn't like it was definitely trying to be like a big thrilling moment and i feel like it just didn't work it was just like oh they're going through doors and shutting them and no no no, no that's later in the movie and i agree with you oh is it okay yeah, this is yeah, before well, I, was thinking, I was thinking when it leads to where yes. they uh right before they capture him and yeah so this know. is the first time that they kept i actually i was gonna say because i want to I want to come back to that and contrast the first moment against the second. And I completely uh-huh. agree with you. Um, let's just talk about it now. So like, um, let's, let's skip it. So the first time that they capture the Xeno and, and I guess like, this is why I can see why it was cut is because like, you had the one scene where like they trap it and then Golik lets it free and then they have to retrap it again. So it's, it's kind of a little bit redundant, but I think that yeah. the scene where they trap it the first time is actually better because they, they kind of have this plan where it's like, let's lure it into this, I don't know what it was like a, a fridge or something like that. And one guy yeah. kind of like basically sacrifices himself, runs away in yes. order to lure it into there. And so it was kind of cool like that. At least you got like some character development out of that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so the second time that they lure it, it's very, it's very weird and it's very hard to follow what's going on. Like very confusing and not well shot. I don't think where they're essentially, what they're essentially trying to do is like, there's all these pipes and there's all these like 
different passageways that you can take. And they're trying to shut off the doors to funnel the alien into one specific section. And like, it's, it's, I think it's like impossible to follow. Actually, I watched it. I was like, what the hell are they doing? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't, it just wasn't very good. Like, uh, there's That's no other it, way to say it. It started to drag like a little yeah. bit. So I, I feel like, and I like can every see... hallway looked the same and like you don't it was hard to see like it was hard to visualize in your head like okay this person's here that person's there this person's here like it, it was it was just kind of a mess i thought i can feel that getting like noted up a lot to be like we need to cut this yeah um but then like they end up cutting the one guy's story about letting it out and like apparently then like he just kind of disappears from the movie you know yeah I mean? yeah so. he does they completely drop the the plot um and awesome. yeah so i think that the first time they capture him is way better and makes a lot more sense because the second time mm-hmm. and we're jumping ahead here we actually skipped over like a huge plot point but like so yeah the yeah. second time is just like <clears throat> i it's disorientating but in a very bad way because it's just like what what the hell is going on like like it just kind of seems like everyone's shutting doors and like i think also for me i was just like are these guys really outrunning the Xenomorph? Like, really? Maybe that was just me, yeah, but yeah. I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm buying that. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I think generally, like, both those sequences, like, weren't too great, but they did they, have... They like, weren't the series best, yeah, for sure. They, but, they had a couple good, like, you mentioned some character moments, and it does lead to, like, the final moments of uh, Dylan and Ripley, which I think are good. Um... So I think maybe like this they they could have either fleshed out the characters more or like combined that into one sequence. Uh yeah. And I think there was no way to do that like with the production they had. You know what I mean? Like the way they did it. It was just like let's yeah. smash them to smash or cut it down. Um whereas I feel like it either needed to be fleshed out more or like reconceptualized, you know, from before they made it. <laughs> I think in a perfect scenario that so i can understand why they cut the first imprisonment with golik from the theatrical version i i do like it though but i can understand why they cut it because it's essentially you're doing the same thing twice like back to back Mm -hmm. so i get that but i think in the perfect scenario they should have kept that and reworked that into the the latter one and they cut the second like trap because it was just like it was very hard to follow what was going on. It just, it wasn't done very well. And the first one, it wasn't like, I mean, it wasn't like your A material by any means necessary compared to some of the other stuff we've seen in Alien and Aliens, but it was simple. It was effective. And it's like, I understand what they're doing and what they need to do in order to trap this. Where the other one was just kind of like, okay, how many more doors do we got? Like, where are we? What? You'd have to rework things, but maybe it's like, go look, freeze it. And then you kind of, because then there's like another build up to another trapping sequence. Yeah. Maybe he frees them and you go like kind of right into the ending part. You know, yeah, like you'd have I, to yeah, I could, it. I could get behind that. And you move, you move the like inspirational speech to before the first time they trap it. Because I did like that little speech that Dylan gave. So you got to move that. Um, but yeah, I think. Um, oh, I forgot what I was gonna say, but go, go like I felt like they. What I liked about it, I remember I was going to say, what I liked about it was that just, I liked how it maintained how all of them were kind of different and, like, they all responded to the stuff in different ways. And, like, so, for example, Dylan 
kind of was trying to find peace with himself through his religion that he's sort of helping foster there. Right. Whereas like Golik or whatever, like it, it sort of, it sort of showed like how it made him more insane, basically. You know what I mean? He developed this weird God yeah. complex. And so I like that. I, I think that's, uh, I don't know, a more real portrayal of how these things can affect people in different ways, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I have a funny story. So I was watching this last night and I had subtitles on and, uh, I thought originally when they introduced Golik that they the subtitles were wrong and they were just like we can't stand the garlic because there was a scene of him like chomping they, down on something and then they, they said he, he stinks too. and I was like is this guy eating too much garlic what's going on and then I realized his name is Golik it's his wrestling gimmick he's like I'm the garlic man um, so another thread that's running through this movie Ripley does not feel good she's she's quite yeah. weak she's she is uh something is not right as you might expect to be fair after battling all these aliens and stuff like that but then she goes back to her crash ship and actually in a very sweet moment she finds bishop the remains of bishop and uh he kind this of this was just awesome like, this was great I, love this I actually i didn't even i didn't really make note of this at all because it kind of wasn't really relevant to the overall plot but um yeah, so she she finds Bishop, and you know she she really has come a long way since in her initial distrust of of androids and stuff like that. And now it's two old friends, and he's asking to be unplugged. It's a very sweet scene, actually. And uh, I think it's what like half his head and like his arm or something like that. And he's like, I can't feel my yeah. legs. <laughs> he's it was yeah, great. He's, he he makes a couple of wisecracks, but not it's not it doesn't undercut anything. No, not at all. You, you just like really feel for him as a character and like yeah. the the effect looked awesome and then like the milk coming oh, out of coming his out neck. of his eye Ugh. it feels like this feels like another thing of like the where i was talking about the struggle for authority this feels like and it's every alien movie has this where it's like well, we have to have all of the things that you remember from aliens. So we have to have the androids and the milk coming out of their heads. Mm. And there's got to be the struggle. F- but like, I don't know. I think they managed to like do it really well yeah, again. I, I don't think that and, it was like unnecessary or like it didn't feel like it's like, all right, we're just getting our stuff in. It in this felt movie. logical like because she yeah. went and got like useful information from him that she had been trying to get. Yeah, and... so what she was getting from him was the the last logs of their uh, escape pod because he's an android and would have that. And obviously, he was killed by the xenomorph. So that's when you know they confirm that yeah, they were. This is in fact what we're dealing with. It's a very good oh, scene. Yeah, exactly. So it, it manages to be like unique, but it do similar things without feeling like oh, we're seeing them do the same old stuff. Yeah, yeah, I it, agree it's with a that. little bit, but not not as bad as other franchises i would say i i thought it was a nice scene and it didn't like it didn't overstay its welcome it's probably only like a five minute scene and it's it was kind of a you know at least like bishop got closure which is perhaps more than hicks or or newt got unfortunately yeah but anyway so the the story here (laughs) stories that ripley does not feel good and she goes and gets herself tested and wouldn't you know she is what's the proper term here impregnated incubating uh, a well it's yeah it's like a parasite right so maybe she's infected well she <laughs> she's something. got an alien growing inside of her and not just any alien but a queen alien and uh, so ripley knows that she is 
as good as done. But it's, it's actually very interesting because that is the reason why the Xenomorph spared her earlier. So now you kind of have like this different, like this different dynamic where Ripley can't be killed by the Xenomorph because the Xeno knows that there's a queen inside of it. And in the interest yeah. of self-preservation, they're going to let her live at least until the queen hatches, of course, which would kill her anyways. And Very I cool. like it just in the, in the like grand narrative of, I mean, it, it probably jumps the shark a little bit uh, in the next movie more, but like how much more like essential, uh, sigourney weaver is to this series uh like it's not just like oh because it's like some alien in space it's like ripley the character Mm -hmm. to the point now where like she's literally like the last movie she fought the queen defeat the queen and they had they both had like you know this thing going on of like their daughters they were or their children they're protecting and now she's literally harboring the queen and then in the next one i don't know she gets like powers or something so like i I just like this kind of uh ongoing like uh it's just i don't know i think it's cool actually even though it, it gets it starts to get a little silly um th- so th- this is the other moment in this game that sort of kind of reminded me of metroid a little bit so goo in metroid fusion samus is attacked by a parasite called the x and the x live on the planet sr388 and the metroids who also live on that planet used to eat the X, so they would keep them kind of in check because, you know, the X mm. are very dangerous and can mimic whoever they, they eat. Um, but Samus kills all the Metroids in one of the Metroid games, so the X are running amok everywhere, and they actually attack Samus, and the only way to save Samus's life is to inject her with Metroid DNA. And so in Metroid Fusion, but particularly in Metroid Dread, you see that Metroid DNA really kind of shape Samus and, and change Samus and, like, she kind of becomes that crazy this thing. suit, right? Yeah, she kind of becomes this thing that she's fought against. And I was like, okay, same yeah. kind of, you know, kind of getting that similar vibe with the alien in here. I like it. I, You know, I'm not even, like, super knowledgeable about Metroid, but I did know enough that that literally crossed my mind while watching this. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, it, it makes sense. It makes sense to use that. Um, yeah, I think it's a cool conceit. Um. So yeah, so we're going to jump ahead again. So they've trapped it with that awful scene. They've trapped the Xenomorph. And this thing is not want to go down without a fight. It kills essentially every single prisoner except for Ripley and this other guy. Um, but they, so they get it and they trap it inside this tank. And Dylan is so odd. I, I can't wait to talk about Dylan. But So they trap it there and they dump molten lead on top of the Xeno. And even that's not enough to kill this bastard. They have to turn... The sprinklers on, which then shatters the xenomorph. That was actually that was pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, because I think yeah, it's like one cool. of the first times you've seen like, I mean, I guess you saw like a bunch of them gunned down in you know aliens, but like they got rid of the queen by ejecting into space. They got rid of the first one by ejecting it into space. Like and this one, they were just like, how are we going to actually like defeat this thing? Because ejecting it into space is not an option. It was cool. They used like the mining equipment. Yeah, I like that. It was, it was like that Hobbit movie. When they fought okay. the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so this, I thought this next scene was like so awesome. So it's also, uh, you know, as we've been talking about, Waylon Yutani is very interested still in this life form. And still. Still. After everything. Which and they're very interested in Ripley. That feels like real life. 
that feels like real life. It, it does. I, yeah, it does. It, I, 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 you still haven't seen Don't Look Up, right? <laughs> no. Yeah, right. But it is that sort of thing. Like, this is going to yeah. kill us all, but what, we, we need How to. can this benefit us? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, yeah. So, Waylon Utani is coming for this uh, for this life form, and it's coming for Ripley as well. And, like, they, they finally arrive on the planet, and Bishop is the lead man, like, the lead point man trying begging ripley to come back with him because they know that she has the embryo inside of her but it's not bishop the android it's bishop the dude that the android was based off of it was very cool because like everything about this guy is different he talks different he walks different he like his tone is different it was like very disorientating yeah, I was going to say, it's another, like, late game swerve. Yeah. Like, huh? But I thought it was so cool. I, I loved just, it. Lo- I mean, I love uh, Lance Henriksen, so, like, uh, it was just, I don't know, seeing more of him is delightful, I think. Uh, yeah, this was fantastic. I was not expecting this, like, at all. And I was I well, popped that, off big time for it. it. That reminded me of AVP, also. I, I don't know if we want to get into that but he's okay shows up as uh he's Waylon in that yeah and so i i guess that's like different in the lore but i just like this idea of like they find a way to like bring he's so good you have to keep bringing him back i I agree Uh, yeah though they i guess they stopped but i get it i get it you gotta you know chart a new path uh i i popped off big time for it i'm a big fan of uh of lance so it was it was good to see him back like, it, you saw him back in that scene that we talked about with, like, the real bishop, or, like, you know, the android mm-hmm. bishop, and you're just like, that was a nice, great send-off. And then he's back again, and it's just like, whoa. Uh, I Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. And he's begging and he's pleading with Ripley to come back. We're going to kill that thing inside you, and we can save you. And, like, Mr. Magoo could see through this yeah. deception, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. and Ripley is no fool. She's just like, uh-huh. And she throws herself... Into the lava. Now, in the theatrical version, as she is falling, the queen bursts out of her chest, which sounds kind of hokey to me. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I agree. In this, this one, was... she just falls, and it's like actually quite dignified. Although I will say, the CGI was horrible. Yeah, it was that was pretty bad. Laugh out loud, awful. <laughs> but I thought I thought the build up to the moment, like as a character moment, it worked really well. Just after actually it made even sense like sense to have the alien inside her for that final moment because it was like now she became like it was already basically this way anyway but she became like viewed as property yes of Waylon yutani you yeah. know and so like her and the alien are one and the same and really that's how everyone else is really treated you know what i mean so i thought like that was really cool too um and just the you know after <laughs> after all she had been through i mean it's kind of it's kind of like poetic and like a beautiful sacrifice on one hand but it's also really dark because of that and and also just because it came after her losing all these people and then like yeah this guy she just met who also she was you know uh somewhat close with f- somewhat feelings towards or whatever yeah. so it was just like it was like it is kind of like dang that's brutal <laughs> at the same time you know i thought that this is a really nice send off for ripley and it kind of seemed appropriate because like 
Ripley has been in these scenarios where she's cheated death where like any normal person would have died like a hundred times over. And Ripley kept on cheating death, kept on cheating death, but she couldn't do it for one last time. And I, and I kind of like that. Cause I think that like, you know, in Metroid Ridley, like the dragon is, re- is revived like time after time after time. And, and it's almost kind of like a joke or whatever. And, but in this movie, it's like the obstacles were too great. Like, you were kind of wondering, like, how is she going to get out of having this queen inside of her? And the answer was she can't, and nobody can. Mm-hmm. And so she does what any hero would do, and that is, you know, preserve the greater life. So I thought that it was a great send-off for Ripley. And uh, as this was happening, I was I was just like, like, Ripley might be, if not the, like, one of the greatest action heroes, like, ever. Like ever, like yeah. I, that, that's that's yeah. kind of what I was thinking as she was falling down. And I know that we're not done with Ripley yet. We still have one more movie of her, but like, I th- I thought it was like a a great send off for her. Mm-hmm. This does like, you know, whatever you say about the second one, this one does feel like okay. It should stop here. It should stop here. Um, but I remember the next one being goofy enough that it might be okay i I think that like yeah the premise is (laughs) the premise is fine like it will we'll talk about that uh in the new year (laughs) but yeah i love this so i have a few quick thoughts about some characters i can go down the list so you can uh, shout out anything that uh that you think too just a a cute a couple stray thoughts if you will and we'll start with ripley of course um ripley is so awesome like i said she might be the greatest action hero of all time yeah like, yeah, and her uh, yeah, her character through all these movies, I think, has been what, like, beyond you know, there's there's a lot of great things going on in all these movies, but she's yeah. really holding it all together. I think like, Sigourney Weaver is so dialed into that character, like she's like she's so consistent and like knows what Ripley would do. Like she's so if they make a Metroid movie, Sigourney Weaver has to be involved somehow, somehow, yeah. some way. Oh yeah. But yeah, so I thought that the scene where, uh, going back to the autopsy scene, there's a quick scene where Clemens asks Ripley, like, are you her mother? And she says, no. And I, I thought that was actually, like, very sad for some reason. Like, just, mm-hmm. it, it kind of shows, The way like, she played it was, yeah. Yeah, like... That was really sad. I don't know, it just kind of showed the fragility of, of everything. Like, I, I'm not, but in such a short time, she means a lot to me. Um, so yeah, that was, mm-hmm. that was kind of a sad scene. I, and on the flip side of that i thought that this scene the next one was like hilarious when she's talking to clemens she's like are you attracted to me in that way it's been a long time you know <laughs> i thought well, that was that, so good well i was thinking that was funny too because he he asks her he's trying to figure out what's going on and yeah. then she does that to change the subject and then like then it moves on to the next thing and you're like okay and then after they get it get it on he's like so anyway you were deflecting yeah. my question <laughs> i just i love how he's just like oh very direct <laughs> like they had a great yeah i love their back and forth i thought it was really good yeah i i don't know i just i loved that that scene i was kind of just like ripley ripley deserves that like she's been through a lot so good for ripley <laughs> um so I will say, I will say this. I, I did have a few questions about this uh, queen embryo inside of her. First of all, okay. how was it? How was she impregnated? I'm assuming, I mean, I obviously know well, how she had a face hugger on inside of her or on her, but uh, right. 
But uh, I guess because like I don't know if her seal on the ship was broken or not. Or no, they pod, do. They rather. do show that. Yeah, do they? they. Yeah, there. Yeah, it's a quick shot, so I can see okay. how you miss it. But I believe they go to her pod and they they go and there's a little thing on the side of her pod and it's broken and you can see like that it's mm, okay. been melted and so you're like ooh you know okay so next question um how how could she tell that it was a queen inside of her right yeah i don't I'm i don't know sure. um which begs to my from... third question too which is like so the i don't think the queen is the one that impregnated her like does does uh is it random like you know what facehugger like lays a queen embryo rather than like a regular one like well i i my i think it makes sense i think i was at least willing to buy it because she does the scan and we don't get all the details but maybe like well one is it the queen is like the queen the only female alien do they talk about that oh i, in the I don't second know one? actually where it's like sim isn't that similar to like how a beehive is don't they make that comparison um I, that's yeah that's so, good so my guess is i don't know if they they know enough about the aliens to figure this out maybe they do but like maybe from the scan i was thinking oh they probably just figured out oh it's female so it's got to be the queen um they didn't have a line where she says oh it's female it's got to be they saved it for the reveal but i was willing to buy it um and then i'm guessing and again, it's not explained, so this is maybe it's a little bit of headcanon, but I'm guessing she defeated the queen. This alien was like that impregnated her was like the last one, at least as far as it knows. So I think they maybe they must have a thing where like, OK, we need we need a new queen. You know what I mean? Like or else like it must be instinctual to propagate because they're all acting. They're animals. They're just trying to re propagate their species you know what i mean so i'm thinking it probably was like all right well we're gonna need a new queen you know so let's get let's get one cooking i could totally buy that yeah i i could i could totally buy that um i fired off a message while you were while you were saying that to our resident alien expert david Laspy. so if he gets back to me yeah, before he, this podcast is done uh I'll, I'll let you know um but yeah so that that was a question i had about ripley and then uh yeah just my final thoughts were like ripley is just like so awesome like it, i just i feel like i have to say it again like she's just so awesome yeah um so dylan so this is the guy that is the leader i get he's not re he doesn't claim to be a leader he doesn't want to be a leader but he is the leader of this religion this cult and he's yeah. kind of like a pastor he's kind of a sermon but he's definitely a badass throughout this whole movie um, mm -hmm. there's this fantastic scene where Ripley is about to get raped by like several of the prisoners and Dylan comes in horrifying, yeah. and beats the piss out of all of them. And it was so awesome. I was, I was mm -hmm. like, this can't actually be about to happen. Right. And I thought for a second, maybe it, it was. And then like he comes out and I was cheering. I was just like, yeah, Dylan. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> but, but, but I was like, oh. <laughs> I do like that scene that you mentioned earlier where um where ripley sits with him and like so in this movie other than ripley and clemens i guess dylan's probably the closest thing to like a full-on good guy in this movie like he's a leader he's willing to to fight the xeno he's willing to sacrifice his life but like he, he goes out of his way to say like i am not a good guy like i've killed women i've done terrible things and like he's like very much like i i don't know i i kind of well i kind of like that so what not that he what did I that, like? of course, but like just that he was just like 
they <laughs> portrayed him as like a. It was kind of re- it felt real, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe that's what I'm trying to well, say. It reminded me of I want to plug movies that whip, which is our side series on virtual theater. Yeah. But it reminded me of this movie No Escape that we covered, which is about like a someone sent to an island that's like a prison island and um and they get it the in that they get into what a lot of the characters did or like why they're there do they deserve to be there how who deserves it how who can find acceptance you know there's a lot of things going on that you would deal with in this situation this had a similar thing and part of it was there's this idea with most of them like we don't know specifically why a lot of them are there. So mm-hmm. we like obviously the ones who he saved Ripley from, I think you can draw a lot of conclusions from. But we don't know because we find out there's a push and pull with Clemens, which I thought was really good. Like, why is he here? And mm-hmm. you find out that he it it's uh, because he you kind of feel sorry for him. His his backstory is he, he was like a doctor who had to work crazy long shifts and he he got drunk and was called back in and he prescribed the wrong dosage of medication. He got mm-hmm. sent, you know, does that mean he should be sentenced to work on a mining slave labor on a mining colony? I don't know, you know, so like I, there's something going on there. And we don't actually know about Dylan. And I thought that moment was so interesting because it, it could be true what he says, what he says to her. But I also felt like it could be he just believes like they believe that they need to have no contact with women or whatever, no matter what, right. which I, I don't think is true. I think ever like, well, maybe, maybe so. I don't know. Maybe for some I, of those guys, I, I don't know the, the answer to like re- rehabilitate all these people. I can't give you that. But what I thought was interesting was he was saying that I felt like he was saying that whether maybe it's true, but maybe it's, I think it's him sticking to his beliefs and trying to scare her away. You know what I mean? That, and that I could be true. What, yeah. What I like about it is we, I don't think we, I don't think we get a scene where he like Clemens, where he tells his story. You know what I mean? No. And, and, so, and in fact, the assembly cut has a lot more of Dylan than the theatrical cut. So like, even what we got in this movie was like a significant upgrade over what people that watch yes. just the base movie get. So yeah, so I, that, I thought he was great. Um, that there's a character just like that in No Escape, played by Lance Hendrickson. Really? Who we'll go figure? He's, he plays the father, and he kind of there's different groups, but he runs this one group, and it's this very wholesome rehabilitative faction on the island. And part of what is there is like, like for a while they don't know what he did, and it, if he really deserves it or you know what i mean like yeah, there yeah, is yeah. that sort of thing and i love i do love obfuscating that because it it lets you like look at these characters and like try to judge them mm-hmm. uh, not try to judge them but try to like well, like figure out who they you, are you could draw your own conclusions on... and like what what you're willing to to look past and so yeah so i i thought that this scene specifically was very good because like he is in the context of the story like he's fairly heroic but like yeah, what he's saying is true. Like he's not a a good guy, and like you have to assume everybody there is deserves to be there. So it's uh, it was a it was a very interesting scene. Yeah, it stuck out to me a lot. Um, the other, the last thing I want to say about Dylan is when he was getting eaten alive by the xenomorph, 
he saw C. He's just like, is that all you got? As he's like getting ripped apart. Yeah. It, was, it was great. Uh, he, yeah. Awesome. Total badass. Awesome. Um, Clemens, you mentioned his story. So Clemens, the doctor, was addicted to morphine, uh, got drunk, but was a very promising doctor, but got drunk after a long shift, came back and prescribed tons of wrong medication. A lot of people died. And he was sent to, to prison. And I was actually kind of expecting his story to be a little bit more sinister than that. Because, like, yeah, no, it kind of yeah. seemed, like you said, like, this, like, like clearly he had addiction problems, but, like, it kind of bordered into, like, first of all, like, why would you let a clearly intoxicated doctor operate? And second, like, I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I, I felt exactly. sorry for him a little bit. That's why I think it's supposed to break this assumption. It's supposed to challenge your assumption that, like, all these people deserve to be here. Yeah. Like, this is where we send bad people and we make them you know like go mine stuff for us and he chose to stay there by the way he's not he was a prisoner but he's not anymore he's a doctor yeah yeah Yeah, because he he found he found something there you know like he i guess he found some purpose there you know some meaning tell me if you felt he has kind of a senseless death which is i guess that's kind of it i I do wish i wish he would have got to to live a little bit longer but i do again (laughs) i think that added to the theme of this movie which is disorientation so i i can Mm -hmm. understand tell me if you thought this i kind of thought actually right before he died i kind of thought like are they about to pull a fast one on us is he injecting her with like some bad stuff and like he's actually kind of a bad guy i kind of thought maybe that's where they were going and then like two seconds later his head got blown off yeah, I can't remember because I I had watched it so recently that I remembered his whole deal, but I don't remember I don't remember thinking that. Mm. But yeah, his his free. It was scary because he injected her with that stuff, and then the alien shows up, and you're like, "That's just a, like a great, uh, just oh. a great moment where you're like, yeah. no, this is the worst <laughs> possible time.'" <laughs> oh yeah, his it was too bad. Um... I was trying to figure out for like half an hour where I knew him from last night and it was Game of Thrones. He's in Game of yes, Thrones. Yeah. He was great in Game of he's, Thrones. He's literally in like a thousand things though. So I, I'm not even going to say other credits, but this guy, he just has such a memorable. He has to have been in a, in a Star Trek episode or two, right? Has he? I feel, oh, he feels like a guy, right? He feels like a um, guy that might be. Um, uh,. He's in no, the Sandman. Oh, there you go. I, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you're there totally you right. Just watch Sandman. Um, anyways. Yeah, exactly. He's prolific. He, he, 161 credits at IMTP. So. Yowza. Well, I feel like this uh, <laughs> This next guy is also, like, super, super prolific as well. Brian Glover, who plays Andrews. Um, I recognized him from, uh, like, X-Men First Class. He's a great... Uh, but he, he's also been in, like a thousand things and he yeah. was he was playing andrews the warden and he's kind of like your typical like guy in charge a little bit of a goof trying to hang on to authority i thought he was fine for the very brief time that he was there um kind of a good foil and then again i was i couldn't believe that he died like when he did yeah well he's a little like when he's in there he feels like kind of um like a not cartoony but you know he feels very like sort of yeah like menacing or whatever yeah not men he just feels very like yeah and then well he's like he's he's the typical bad guy in charge yes and that's why like his henchman first felt like oh yeah he's just some guy following this guy and then for whatever reason like once he like has to step into that role like that character that's what stuck out to me more i think it was because of how 
like plain he seemed in comparison to Brian Glover to then when he like all of a sudden had to come into his own like yeah. his character like sprung to life for me and I think it was like those two characters mixed mixing together that really did it. I can't remember his name, but uh, his nickname is 85 and they call him that because his IQ is 85 <laughs> and he does seem like rather malleable. Like I noticed that Andrews was always just like, isn't that right? 85, not 85, but whatever his name was. And he was like, yep. And then like, as kind of yeah. the, the movie goes, like he, he doesn't really have the capacity to stand up to Ripley or to stand up to a lot of other people, except for that one scene where he does tell the prisoners like, Hey, I'm smart enough not to be a prisoner. But then I really felt bad for him. Cause he's like, this guy is firmly just like, we'll wait for Waylon Yutani to come and rescue us and we'll be fine. And he actually probably would have been fine, except he kind of witnesses what's going on with Waylon Yutani and how corrupt and yes. awful they are and tries to do something about it and gets, shot he like he doesn't even get a good xenomorph death he gets shot by Waylon yutani yeah i mean i thought that was a good moment oh it was a great moment but you know what i mean it's just like the company literally took him out instead of by proxy with this alien it was literally like the company and he he is he like works for them right yeah that's i don't know like you really go from just like I like really cared about his character when he died. And I was like, wait a minute. Like I did not expect this. You know, I did not. I, I was sad. He was kind of like the Heath Slater of this movie. Like I got a wife and kids. Trying <laughs> <laughs> um, to get that above ground pool. Yeah. Okay. Last thing, last character I want to talk about is the, is the, the xenomorph itself. Easier for me to say. Oh yeah. yeah. One thing I really like about this uh, depiction of the xenomorph is they have like a nickname for it and they call it the dragon. I don't know why. I feel like that kind of added to it to me. It kind of like built this one xenomorph back up and made him a little bit more unique and a little bit more like, kind of like what you were saying earlier, where like there were so many aliens in, in aliens that like having this one, I felt was like a nice return to form and like, just like giving it a name, even if it's just like something as generic as the dragon, I was like, okay, like the, this is kind of cool. I kind of dig this. It felt more like a character. It's somewhat Mm -hmm. more like a character versus like, you know, the first movie, like, that that alien is just, like, a force of nature. It, it is a character, but not mm-hmm. in the same way. Does that make any sense? Well, I, I feel like it's, it, just because each one you've had, it's encountered a totally different group of people, but, like, you just see, like, the way they respond to it, and I feel like that gives it so much more character. So, in the mm-hmm. first one, you it's, like, you know, people who are, like, a lot of wor- workers and stuff like that. People are just trying to get the job done reacting to this and then in the next one you have like the queen and you have like you know these guys who are supposed to be like rootin' tootin' tough guys who come undone <laughs> by this and now here it's like these guys who are you know they're like they've got this weird cult thing going on so like they kind of they mythologize it a little bit and then you like we mentioned you get the one guy who like starts to think of it as like some sort of deity you know so like yeah, yeah it has like this mythic element to it <laughs> Um, so I do, like I mentioned earlier, I thought that the CGI was for the most part better on the Xenomorph. And I do think that it like, I thought it was actually very interesting to see the Xenomorph interact with something that like, it didn't want to kill when it went up against Ripley. Yeah. Like I thought that yeah, was that pretty was cool, cool actually. Cause like every time you ever see it, it's just like, well, someone's dead. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was interesting to see it in that environment. I feel like. Just, I feel like in the second one they did this with the queen and like Ripley threatening it where it's different but I feel like they both kind of added to 
sort of the the mythology of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but for the purpose of the movie, you know, and it, it didn't feel like we're just like dropping in a bunch of stuff senselessly. So it both like gave it more, gave sort of that world and those creatures more character without like totally sp- spilling all the beans, you know? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, so all in all, Alien 3 is regarded as not a very good alien movie. I I like really dug it actually like I really yeah, did too. like me much too. more than I thought I was going to I do think like again I think that it is a little bit cheap that Newton Hicks died off screen but I think if you can get past that and and realize it does serve a purpose like there's a pretty cool movie here and like yeah there's some weird parts and some bad CGI but like I I kind of dig this movie a lot actually mm. it's certainly not as pristine like the first two i feel like really really stand they're timeless or whatever and this this one uh i don't know i i still think it's really good i still think it's really good uh despite not being like the other two i feel like you throw up into the conversation of like all-time great movies Hmm. you know what i mean whereas this one i feel like yeah this is a great movie it's a great movie Uh, i really enjoyed it i really thought it was unique and interesting I, I wouldn't go to bat for it to say it's like the greatest of all time, but I think it's really no. But I I don't really think it's like awful. I, yeah, I don't think that. All. Yeah, no. I have an update I, for you, Goo. I have an update. I got an answer. Okay. Ripley w- encountered a royal face hugger, which is capable of impregnating two uh, targets: one with a queen embryo, one with a regular embryo. So the face hugger got Ripley with the queen, and then. Uh, the ox with the regular xenomorph so quote most notably a royal facehugger is capable of impregnating at least two separate victims um and these facehuggers do not die until both the embryos have been implanted exactly how long a royal facehugger can survive after planting is unknown but blah 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 blah. so that's that is not explained in the movie nope Nope. <laughs> no, I think my leap of logic I like better. <laughs> I kind of do too. I never, it never even crossed my mind actually that this thing must have laid two embryos. I kind of thought maybe there yeah. were just two of them. I, I that's what I would believe <laughs> too actually. But they, I don't know if they specify that. But whatever. I do like that. Reminds me. I like, love the scene when they find the face hugger and they're like, "What? What the hell?" Yeah. Is this? <laughs> is, like, a, is this ah! a squid? <laughs> no, dude, run. <laughs> uh, yeah so i yeah i i'm not gonna say yeah alien 3 i'm not gonna put it on the same level as aliens or especially alien but i think that like for a entry in this series that is much maligned i think it's like definitely worth watching specifically the cut that we watched the assembly cut i don't know about the theatrical one that seems a little bit more uh i don't know hokey pokey but uh yeah 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 i think that uh, I, I this one is good it big time yeah mm-hmm um, okay, anything else you want to add about Alien 3 before we get out of here, Goo? We've been we've been going for a while, so Uh no, I thought it was uh I thought it was really good. I, don't I think we got everything we can out of uh Alien 3, and I can't wait. Goo and I will return for Alien Resurrections. I am yes. I'm stoked about that. I actually I can't wait for that one cuz that's the last one that I haven't seen in a long time and the premise is insane. So I think it's going to be a great time. Basketball, yeah. Winona Ryder. I oh, I can't wait. I have. Uh, I shouldn't say I had. I probably still. I had such a crush on Winona Ryder when I was a mm-hmm. a lad. I still like Winona Ryder. She's oh. great. 
Yeah, um, she's she's amazing. Goo, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was this is a lot of fun. This yeah, uh, Omega Metroid listeners, make sure that you check out Virtual Theater, uh, the podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. If you like this analysis, man, we do this for so many different movies, like tons of different movies, uh, shows, and everything like that. So go hit us up, and if you got an extra dollar per month to spare. You can get bonus shows that revolve around the Zelda cartoon, Captain N, and Banana Slamma, the Donkey Kong yes. Country animated series. So, you know that's a dollar uh, well spent. Um, but for now, we are going to get out of here. Of course, we want you to check us out over on Twitter. You can check me out at Spateri316. Goo is at Gooey Fame. Virtual Theater is at Virtual Theater X. And we are at Omega Metroid Pod. Uh, check us out wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe. Check out OmegaMetroid.com for all of your Metroid needs. And we will see you back here next week. Take care, everybody.